Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm K.W. Taylor. We're still healthy and still recording, and we hope that our little show brings you comfort in this uncertain time. Follow updates from cdc.gov and your state's Department of Health for accurate, up-to-date information on how you can avoid spreading COVID-19. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay inside, and stay positive. Today, we're excited to bring you two interviews with authors Jessica McHugh and Annika Sundberg. So Carrie, I had the chance to talk to author Jessica McHugh the other day about her blackout poetry, which was super cool. Sounds cool. Let's hear it. So we're here with Jessica McHugh, author, poet, uh, artist extraordinaire, and I'll let her go ahead and introduce herself a little bit more and tell us about some of her work. Thank you so much. Uh, hi, <laughs> I'm Jessica McHugh. I'm a novelist, a playwright. Um, I mainly work in the horror genre uh, when I'm my novels and short stories. Uh, I just kind of default to that, but I also love writing sci-fi um, and fantasy and alternate history and pretty much anything weird that pops into my head. I like to write it down. Um, I've had 23 novels published. They are not. They are not all currently still available, but they were at one time uh, out in the world. <laughs> and someday I would like to get back to get them back out there. But awesome. What is a good if somebody wants to get into your long fiction? What is maybe the best currently released work that people might want to try? Uh, I I would say the green kangaroos. It's um. It's it, the problem is it's it's definitely very um explicit and a uh, lot of body horror um it's it's pretty gross and <laughs> but it is <laughs> but it is uh also a lot of fun and um it's it's a good mashup of horror and sci-fi and humor and you know just a bunch of craziness set in baltimore in 2099 so it's it's but it's a rough read but a fun one um if you want something a little bit tamer <laughs> um i i would say uh probably uh the darla decker diaries which is my young adult series through evolved publishing it's a uh, five books and it's from sixth grade to um basically the summer before she goes into high school and it's quirky and silly and but also has um uh, some very serious subjects in it. So it's a, it's a, it's a fun read, I think, for kids and adults. Cool. And what's the first book in that series? Darla Decker Hates to Wait. Okay, cool. <laughs> I love all the titles in, in that series. They're so cute. <laughs> yeah, they were fun. Um, so I wanted you mostly here today to talk about this new thing that you've been doing for a little bit, um, which is blackout poetry. So for our listeners, what is blackout poetry? Uh, blackout poetry is basically taking an existing text. Um, it could be uh, fiction. It could be a you know VCR repair manual, um, <laughs> but <laughs> it could be anything. And then finding uh, uh, a hidden poem, um, some kind of through line. Sometimes they sound like flash fiction too, um, hidden within the text, and then finding a creative way to black the rest of it out. Um, you can, you know, I use markers, pens, I do paper craft, um, I've used, used tape and paint, and um, it's it's been a lot of fun testing uh, the limits. And like, I just made like I, my first like kind of big 
piece, what I felt was a big piece and made like a crazy kind of maze on it to follow the poem. And I was like, oh no, if I can do this, what can't I do? This is going to get real messy. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, I've been doing those for about a little over a year and just really got into it, thought I was actually pretty good at it and uh, started selling them and taking commissions and, uh, I ended up doing uh, f- over 50 poems from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And in a few months, uh, it's going to be released as my first poetry collection from Apocrypha. So oh. I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Do you know when that might come out? Um, we were hoping for May. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there might be some delay. Um <laughs> It's uh the thing is when I originally scanned them I didn't know they were going to become part of a a poetry book so I I scanned them all but not at a high enough resolution and then I sold a whole bunch of oh, them. No. So <laughs> um I I know a couple people in town that have them where I could probably rescan them but I wanted to really do it on a uh, you know Jacob uh over at Apocrypha he has a nicer scanner <laughs> than my <laughs> than my like old photo scanner kind of thing. Um, So, uh, but I don't know if we're going to be able to get together to make that happen. Um, So we're hoping. Also, the thing that kind of bums me out is we don't have a scanner that picks up neon and glitter because I use a lot of neon and glitter in in the poems. And you need like a, you know, heavy duty, (laughs) not $50 scanner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Apparently. So these are, these are, and I have seen many examples that you've posted online, but um, these are not just a, uh, a written text. These, these end up getting really visual and very visually beautiful. So that's really a cool element. Yeah. And they, they frame really nicely. Um, I saw a couple, I made a bunch from Fahrenheit 451. Um, and that, that one was a really difficult to do because of the book I was using. The paper was very fragile. Um, you, you couldn't erase pencil marks really well. It would like just rip the ink out of the text. So, uh, it like you, I really had to get it right like the first time. Um, and, and the ink bled through that page as well. So, um, she got, I sent those to her and then she ended up buying, a frame made out of a fire hose off of Etsy <gasps> and oh she gosh. framed him in that. And I was like, that is the coolest. That's awesome. Oh <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, and I, I love doing the commissions too, because I, I always ask, you know, what, if, is there a theme that you're going for? You know, love, family, depression. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there, there's been some really interesting ones that I just made from um, uh, Chuck Palahniuk's choke. So, uh, and then I ask for a a color scheme. So that way I can kind of try to make something that really fits in your home. And, um, even if someone's just getting one, I always make at least three for them to choose from. Oh, cool. And then if they decide they want more than one, you know, I just add it on at a discounted price. So, cause I've already made it. So, (laughs) and I get to, you know, until the social distancing thing, I could go out and I would get the book from a local bookstore uh so i if i wound up with a new book yay yeah cool (laughs) so with the fahrenheit 451 being fragile have there been any other things where it's challenging due to the materiality of it or has that been the main one 
Um, yeah, it's just if the book is older, um, yeah, it tends to, yeah, be a little bit more difficult and the ink will bleed a little bit more. Um, there was, I, I did this one recently and I ordered the book and it was a lot smaller <laughs> than I oh. thought it was going to be. Oh, it was like no. a little pocket-sized book, and I was like, um, So that was the one I ended up making the large one out of four pages that I put together because I was like, oh. she's she's paying you know $25 for a poem. I can't give her just like this little page with like 20 words on yeah. it. So you know, I, I decided to make something a little bit larger and ended up doing some paper craft on it so it didn't feel like a jip. I don't know. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, that's, that's why this, this requires a lot of like wordsmithing, but also visual creativity, obviously. And then some like light engineering, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, now, yeah. Now that I'm like, it can't just be normal anymore. <laughs> but I'll, uh, you know, after I write it, after I find it, I tend to just kind of look at it and try to imagine the best way or the easiest way for it to come together. Because especially if I have to build a word out of uh, several words, take a letter or two to actually build it. Because sometimes I'll start the poem and I'll get there and I'll get to the end and I'm like, there's no width. Mm. All I need is a width. <laughs> and there's, a, <laughs> or a two, or a something. There's some word, and that's all I need, and it'll be perfect, and there'll be no way to make it. Oh, and no. I'm just like, oh, I gotta find, and it'll, like, the letters will be all separate. So oh. in that case, I'll try to make something that visually connects them. So you don't have to, your eyes don't have to jump as much and search. Yeah. So. I try to make it easy to read, uh, and uh, I, I really want to experiment with um, also doing different directions, not having to do, you know, just left to right, let and down, and left to right and down. So um, I, I really want to try to make a, a circle, Ooh. <laughs> maybe with those little pages. So now, yeah, I, I got some quarantivity going on. <laughs> <laughs> that's I love that. That's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that quarantine. Um, so, oh, what has been your favorite book to work with? So maybe one that you got a lot of poems out of, or one that was just unusually fun, or you found some interesting stuff that you just really liked. Yeah, uh, I mean Frankenstein was uh, great, uh, which was funny because I got it and it was. Um, we had just moved into this apartment and I was kind of feeling, I hadn't done blackout poetry since we moved in. I was feeling kind of un, not productive at all. And I picked up Frankenstein, tried to do one poem and failed miserably and set it back down. And then like a week later, I picked it back up and then made like 10 in one night. Oh, wow. And I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what it is. I've, I had the same problem with uh, Choke. I, I couldn't find anything in it when I originally bought it for the commission and uh, and then recently found like a whole bunch of stuff. So um, yeah, it's strange if I go into it with a different idea or different theme, you know, I might find something a little bit easier. But Frankenstein was fun, uh, although it does, does get repet repetitive. Um, a lot of stuff about parent, child, um, passion is used a lot. F desire. 
monster. <laughs> like, every every uh, poem is about a desirous monster. So, um, <laughs> which which is that's what Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, uh, Bell jar was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I bet. What um, what were some themes yeah. that you found in that one? I mean, that's a, that's such a dark real Those, book. Yeah, a lot of city stuff. A lot of good stuff about the city and, and and ways to use the city as a metaphor for people. There was a lot of that. Um, yeah, a lot of there were there were quite a few depressing ones, but it took a it took a long time. I think I made about you know five to ten before I sound I found one that sounded like a straight up suicide note. Oh wow! But it was great though. Yeah. I was like ah, finally finally found one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but the original, so the, the one that really kicked it off, this whole thing for me was when I got at the dollar store and it was, um, Shirley Jackson, Shirley Jackson's, um, let me tell you. Oh, and it's a collection of stories and essays. And that was the one I, I started off with and it yielded so much great stuff. And I actually just got a, a commission about an hour ago and she was like, uh, talking, saying what theme she wanted. And I was like, I think I could find some stuff in that Shirley Jackson book, mm. taking it back. Cool. Because I mean, it's such beautiful. That one is a great one for mother poems. She writes about her mother a lot or, you know, uses mother metaphors a lot. So cool. That's a great one. And Mother's Day is coming up. So yes. if anyone wants to commission a, yeah, a this, poem for Mother's Day, not, I got the mother book. I'm not sure which <laughs> week this will air, but I think it will be in plenty of time. Well, if you, if you forgot about Mother's Day <laughs> and you're feeling guilty <laughs> and want to make it up to your mother, yes. boy, have I got the mother book for you. Exactly. Cool. <laughs> Um, so other than the Fahrenheit 451 being tough from a, yeah. from a material standpoint, were there any other ones that you did that you did struggle with either from a, like a literal page standpoint or just the, the themes not emerging? Um, I thought I was going to get more out of this cult book that I, I had this thing, uh, strange gods. I thought I was going to get some really cool stuff and I have yet to find one. Um, uh, I have a I have a bunch of William S. Burroughs that and it doesn't yield very much because there's a lot of talk that I cannot say on this podcast. <laughs> well, I think he, but, would be, he would be hard anyway, just because of the disjointed nature of how he writes. So having it yeah, unified would be really pretty impossible. It is. It's difficult. So I got I've gotten a couple, but they are all mature in theme yeah yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah that oh the first time i tried phantom toll booth i couldn't get anything oh and and then i i had a couple of commissions and they wanted something for their kids and right away i found a whole bunch of stuff i loved so it really just kind of depends on the the mood i guess which is weird because the words don't change. <laughs> yeah, um, but well, it's so like, it's, it's like very strange. Doing, it's like doing a puzzle. You don't always see the the thing until you maybe set it aside for a little bit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think our listeners would probably love to know how to get a commission from you. What is the best way to contact you? And what are your? Do you have like specific rates? What's your preferred method of working with a client? 
I am like I'm working on a, a really good way to a better way to do this on my website. Um, but at jessicamcubooks.com, I do have um, I have prints or the original poems that are available for sale, and I also have a form on there that you can fill out, kind of what you're looking for. Um, I do have a list of on-hand books since I can't go to Wonder Books uh, right now or used bookstore, and Amazon is not really delivering stuff very quickly. Um, but I've got a lot of stuff cool. <laughs> and some stuff that's not even listed. So uh, you can contact me via that form, jessicamcubebooks.com, or you can send me an email at jessicamcubebooks at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram. Pretty much just just find me and shout at me and I'll get at you um, <laughs> and I'll work on a, a better way to do this. <laughs> but it's 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 a pretty standard. It's twenty five dollars for a custom uh, blackout poem. If it's an on hand book, there's no extra charge for that. Um, and then I do usually do two dollars for shipping. And if I end up doing like some kind of paper craft on it, that's usually like a few bucks more. Okay. Excellent. Well, I think this yeah. would make an excellent gift. Uh, again, Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthday, quarantine party day, just kind of. Yes. Like, I mean, think about it. You could be stuck in your house for a long time. You want something new to look at. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think for any for any work from home people using Zoom right now, that putting one of these poems in the background of your Zoom meeting would be awesome. <gasps> That's a good idea. And then all your That's coworkers will be like, ooh, what is that behind you? And you can be like, that is original artwork that I had commissioned. And it's also poetry. So, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being with us. And um, I do encourage listeners to check out Jessica's work. And we will have her uh, website URL in the show notes. Thank you again thank so you. much. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. That was so fun. I had such a great time talking with her. And I'm totally going to commission her to write some poetry. That sounds super cool. Thank you for doing that. Sure. And we both had the chance recently to talk to Annika Sundberg who is a fellow author in our upcoming anthology, The Secrets of Harrogate Valley. Allons-y! So we're super excited today to have author Annika Sundberg with us. Welcome, Annika. Hello! And you are part of the anthology. We had a segment a couple of episodes ago where we discussed this new anthology that we're involved in, and you are one of the authors contributing to it. And do you want to tell us just a little tiny, with, without spoiling it, a little bit about your story? Sure. So my story is about a, a young lady who's going to graduate school and happens to be able to see ghosts. Okay. And it's called oh. Friends of a Different Kind. Is that right? Yes. And mm -hmm. so this is part of the shared world of Harrogate University. The title of the full anthology being Secrets of Harrogate Valley. And so one of the things that Carrie and I discussed previously was the unique challenges of writing in a shared world. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience writing your story? Well, uh, since our shared world is also kind of like the real world, thankfully, <laughs> for me at least, I, I wrote the story as though it was taking place at the real place. Uh -huh. So <laughs> it was less challenging, I think, for me, <laughs> mostly because I chose a semi-realistic view of, of the, the college. Right. So I guess we never really talked about how we based it off the grad school that we went to, did we? No. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler. But I think that that's like, it's challenging to do that in a different way since you are basing it on a real place, but then you still have to decide 
collectively what is still true about it what are the like correlations like this building equals this building etc sure. so how did you decide things that you were going to change or keep the same well for me it was pretty simple i just kind of wrote it and cut out anything that was too <laughs> too uh specific you know yeah (laughs) sorry my answers are very exciting no 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 no. that's no I think that's still that's still fun and and interesting to to still base it so closely on reality but then change some things what about the actual supernatural plot so this character sees ghosts what inspired you to do a ghost story well the the college we went to is semi-famous for its ghost walk so with a graveyard on campus and all sorts of people who've died on campus because it used to be a nunnery, not because it's like a really dangerous campus. (laughs) (laughs) Good to point out. (laughs) I figured, you know, it would probably be a place that would hold spirits a lot. So jumping off that, I'm the one who's, who kind of put the stories in order and everyone seems to be okay with that. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I chose yours for the last one because First of all, it's it's a nice little short story, so it's quick read and it's nice to end on. But what I the reason I really wanted it at the end was because of the tone of the piece, which I don't want to give too much away. But it's it's a ghost story, but it's not super scary. So how did you decide to write a ghost story that didn't rely on like horror tropes or didn't lean into the horror genre as much, the scary part of it? Well, I kind of just based it on, you know, like how maybe I would be if I'd been able to see ghosts all my life. Just be like, ugh, fine. (laughs) So, and generally I like to put a little bit of humor into what I write. So I don't, I don't like to get too, uh, like visceral. Mm -hmm. So I figured making it sweet would be a, a nice way to grab the people who don't necessarily want to read a ghost story but introduce them into the ghosty horror world anyway. Very cool. And I think that your story being at the end with, let's see, Hieronymus Hawk's story, The Sensation of Pain, opens the book. And mm-hmm. I find your two stories to be kind of similar, but his does lean in more to the horror trope. So I feel like that was a really great book ending. So you've got something that's a little more traditionally horror to, to begin it, and then something that's got a, a similar conceit to close it, but that has a little bit more humor and hope. So I thought that was really a good ordering choice. Thank you. <laughs> End it with hope. Good things. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we try. Speaking of, of that, uh, did you, I don't know how much consultation you did with the other writers uh, material, but I know that I like made reference once, once some of the other stories were written, I made reference to some of the other characters in my story. And I think other people did the same. Did you actually go back and do any of that in yours? Cause I don't think I read the very most recent version of it. I did not. Mostly mine is very standalone. I possibly could have since there is a scene where they're, where they're all at lunch and mm-hmm. I could have had, Hey, that guy's over there. But since it's so short, I didn't want to add too much in there. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that still opens it up for if we ever do a sequel to this, all that material I think we can end up drawing on for new stories, um, just because we've created so many characters and stuff. I do love the the combination of a little bit of horror, comedy, romance even, and and that hopefulness. So that was real that really worked for me. I really liked it. You packed a lot in there. <laughs> for what was it, a thousand words? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty short. And I know we didn't, I don't know that I've read, I haven't read all of these yet, but have you read any of the other stories in the volume yet? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> That's a bad me. <laughs> There's plenty of time for that. So do you think that your story lends itself to a sequel? Oh, certainly. I mean, it sort of ends on a on a note that could go on. Mm-hmm. I'm an author and good with words. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other projects in the pipeline right now that we're in this unique period of time where maybe people have more time to write? Oh, man, I wish I were in that that boat, but I'm essential. So I still go to work every day. <laughs> I had all these plans for what I was going to write, but I, I do have a reincarnation romance novel that I've been trying to work on. Ooh, Ooh yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I was my NaNoWriMo write a couple of years ago, and I need to work on that to get it ship shape. <laughs> right. Very cool. Well, kind of moving off from the sh- the short story itself and and what you're working on, do you what about your writing process? Like, do you have anything specific that you do? I am kind of weird when it comes to writing compared to other authors. I don't really like quiet stuff. My one short story that I wrote for a different anthology, I wrote during Lego Club at the library. <laughs> so, <laughs> I kind of need a lot of some bustle and stuff around me to be able Mm. to write every time I try to isolate myself and just sit down and write in a quiet room I just I'm like I can't write anything I need my noise (laughs) Mm. so my process I guess is that I I feed on the energy around me to put it into the story I, I totally get that yeah I I agree and I I kind of vacillate between quiet and noise and it's it's a real shame that right now uh, public spaces are not a, a thing that we can exercise yeah. that option. I would say that I, I recently talked about this on Facebook, but there's a there's a couple different apps where you can simulate coffeehouse sounds. And um, I have found that that is helpful. Even if you don't get a change of scenery, you at least get some some talking background noise and you can add music to it. So if anybody else also finds that it's too quiet, I recommend finding something like that. The one I use is called Cofivity. So it's coffee activity mashed together. (laughs) May I suggest having a 12-year-old? She's really good for noise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, thank you. So what are your influences in terms of writing? Oh, heavens. When I very first started writing, I started writing because of the Dragonlance series. I just loved that it wasn't kids' stories. So (laughs) I loved dragons and everything that happened in them. And Neil Gaiman is usually an influence on me as well. I was so mad when I I watched Stardust and I'm like, that's the kind of thing I want to write. Somebody else already wrote it. (laughs) I love Stardust. Oh, me too. <laughs> but yeah, so those are my, my two main main influences. Great. Are you reading anything interesting in this period of staying in and nestling in and doing things like reading and watching TV right now? What, what are you reading right now? Oh, man, I wish I could say something like really exciting, but I, I actually haven't been reading anything for a little while just because oh. working from home and 12-year-old, so... Okay. Yeah. When, well, when I'm not at work, she she likes to be right up on me, so <laughs> it kind of keeps the the book reading time to a minimum. Yeah. Well, can you give us something that you've read fairly recently that you've really enjoyed? 
Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I just read, uh, The Zigzag Girl by, uh, Ellie Griffiths. I like the sort of unusual detective type of novel. There's a whole magical element. So it just really digs into all of my genre appetites. <laughs> nice. I've never heard of that. So I will have to check it out. That sounds good. And you're a big audiobook fan, right? Oh, heavens to Betsy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what is it about uh, audiobook consumption that, that really works for you? Well, for me, it, I'm dyslexic, so it, it helps me to read in the first place. But it also helps to have the voices, and it keeps me from editing. <laughs> <laughs> when I read-read, I, I tend to edit a little bit, and it just gets in my way. <laughs> so... When I was little, my mom would read books to my sister and I all the way up until we were adults. So just having that, the voices read to me and all that, it just makes it feel more homey, I guess. That's great. Yeah, I haven't been doing as much audiobook consumption because I usually do it when I'm driving somewhere. And I usually do Same. it if I'm running outside and I have not been able to do either one of those things lately. So Yeah, I use them to put myself to sleep. So that's, uh, that hasn't changed. <laughs> excellent. Well, cool. Do you have any other comments for us, like things that you want readers to take away from your story? Well, I mean, if anybody can take any sort of hope away in this kind of day and age, then I mean, good. <laughs> awesome. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming today, Annika. Thanks for having me. Yay. Yay. That was that was a blast. Thank you to Annika for joining us. Thank you. That was a great talk. Next time, we're going to talk about a bunch of fun pop culture topics. We're working on getting more guests for upcoming episodes, so stick around for an awesome next few weeks of the show. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at KWTaylorWriter. And me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find us together on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. If you'd rather email us, you can do that at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. <laughs> <laughs>